Hi, everybody, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex in the City podcast where we dive into every episode of Sex in the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that, I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing lovely. How are you? I am well, you know. Mamma mia, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. Just how much I missed you, you know? Yeah, here we are. Yet Today again. we bid adieu to uh, mm-hmm. her at our home since season three. Mm-hmm. And look, I know for the listeners, they're like, we thought you guys were out of there weeks ago. Oh, we're like that um like house guest who's like, look, any day now I'm leaving. Like mm-hmm. that apartment is really looks great. I think I'm gonna get it, and then they're still there like months later. Yeah, but um, this is our last episode with her dad, and we've loved being with them. And um, you know, just like any transition episode we've had on this podcast, I will be getting drunk, unhinged. We are gonna lose our minds. This is the mind of a murderer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm drinking a vino verde out of my chipettes glass. And let me see. Oh, the chipettes—they you know? were so much better than the the, the other people. Uh, I'm drinking out of a vintage chipettes. Did you say the other people? Do you mean Alvin and the chips? Yeah, that's what I meant—the <laughs> chips. Yeah, that what a strange time in television that was where we just threw like chipmunks on TV and had them. And guess sing. what? We loved it. Loved it. Although I love that you said we loved it. I believe that shows from like the 60s and just was on reruns until we loved it. Even they the children of cross generations love the chipmunks. We love the chipettes. We do. I used to love the McDonald's collector plates that had like all the Disney characters oh. on them. Like they gave out like plates. I wonder if that just wasn't a thing in my in Maryland. I don't think I ever saw You never saw got, those. like, the plates with, like, Hercules on them? No. I played a lot of that McDonald's game, that Monopoly game. Oh, I never did that. That, de- that documentary was tough when we found out that was a scam. Yeah. Although, in the, at the end of the day, was it a scam? It seemed people won. I But I did anyone know. ever win the million? I really don't know. I just won, like, another, like, small fry. Have you ever watched a crime documentary? My mom and I had this moment the other day where, like, it's just not hitting. And, like, you feel oh, kind of bad. And you're like, damn. Like, I feel bad. But this one's just not entertaining. We're, it's just not we sad were, enough. It's we just... were watching the Waco. There's, like, a new Waco documentary about What's Waco? That. Remember that guy that, like, blew up his, like, cult? Keith? Renier? No. <laughs> no, no, no. It was... um. David Koresh. <gasps> yes. So I saw this documentary and I was like, great. Like it says like new footage, like never before seen. It was like all about the standoff. And like, mm. I get th- it was like 60 day standoff between like the FBI and this guy. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really fascinating. But like, I also want to know more about like the cult and stuff. And I couldn't, I, we couldn't find a documentary about it. Did you really watch annoying. the Sarah Lawrence doc? Of course I did. I thought that was so dark. So dark. Although it was nice to be tethered in the fact that we knew they lived. Also, like, I I had a couple questions and issues with that documentary. One of them being, where the fuck is the daughter in all of this? Culpable? She kind of got off scot-free. I think she's culpable is where she is. 
Right, and she's nowhere to be found. Like, yeah. Did you watch Gypsy? The Gypsy Rose doc? The one about the mom who was yeah, annoying Gypsy her daughter Rose and, and then she killed her. Yeah. Absolutely. I was obsessed. I watched that at 2 a.m. one night and just mm-hmm. was texting people furiously at like 5.30. Like, have you seen this? It's It was the craziest documentary I've ever seen. And honestly, justice for Gypsy. Honestly. Remember when she had all her sex characters? Yeah. Did you watch the show? I couldn't. I thought that would be too dark to watch. It, um, like, I did wise. watch the show, but like it just I, wasn't. I heard Patricia Arquette was great, but I just couldn't. Watch. They were her and Joey King were really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was. I might have to drop. I really liked um, Murder on Middle Beach Road. That oh, was I I really that fucking good. It's on HBO, and it's about this guy. This you kid. mean Max? Not a... Oh yeah, excuse me, Max. It's on Max. And um, it's about this guy. He's in his 20s now. He's in college. But his mother was murdered. Hmm, and he's like, trying to figure out. Wait, was like, his mother murdered? No, his mom just died. Um, Not like just died, but like <laughs> just, wasn't. She whatever. Wasn't she just, she just, she just dead. But this one's about this guy. And he's like trying to figure out who murdered his mom. And like he goes to the police. It's so fucking good. Oh, wait. No, I think I did watch that one. No, I watched one about someone who's dad died and he had to hunt down his killer on max i don't know where i watched it he had an appearance on the view and then i watched it and it was thrilling i'll dig that one up for you if you want please because now i'm fascinated now the saddest the sad if you guys want to cry if you guys feel that you need to get out a good cry there's a documentary out there just for you it's called dear zachary no that documentary tell me about zachary you up What's going on with Zach? Dear Zachary. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's this documentary that was created by a friend of this family who was killed. And um, the husband, so his best friend was murdered by this Uh evil fucking bitch who, like, was a psychopath. Psycho. And they had a kid together, Zachary. And I won't tell you how it ends because it's truly like one of the most moving, sad things I've ever seen. And it's I didn't expect the word to moving it. to be like well, it's there. moving because like it the way that it all kind of comes together at the end and like it ends up being a, like a like a love letter to this guy's parents. And like okay, I think that is what I watched. Dear Zachary about the girl, the woman that jumped off the cliff. Oh, no. There are too many of these. She jumped off a cliff with a baby strapped to her. Why do we watch these? I don't know. But sometimes, like, you just need to get it out, you know? Sometimes you need to cuddle up with a nice, dark dock. There was one recently. I just couldn't even do it. I was like, I have to turn this off. What was it? I don't remember. Murdoch I really was like, oh, I'm I really into the, the Murdaws. No, I couldn't do Murdaws, but that's mostly just because, like, I just don't care about those people. Mm, it seemed like okay. there were no stakes. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just was like, several yeah. people were killed from this family. And I guess I wanted more. Oh, more than that? <laughs> yeah, I guess. more than several of... people being murdered. At the end of the day, it just didn't seem fresh to me. There was no um fresh. This is just happening. It didn't seem like they had a twist like i was like let's get you wanted movie. a twist this yeah, is like, a little I just too felt on like the nose. i needed some it felt more this like is like they Wikipedia. obviously did it yeah like whatever he clearly did it this isn't the staircase 
I love the but, staircase. What do you think happened um, to the staircase? Who was that guy burping in the bathroom? The Jinx. Yeah, I was like, there will get... never be a greater like coda that. to a film than I did it. I killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom and I would watch it every week that it would come out and it was like live like it was like you feel like you were catching a killer live it was so fucking good then for them to show that overhead footage with the bathroom audio with oh my god I know. I'll never He's forget explaining it to a friend to himself, in the back of mumbling to himself and I was like yeah it's like a burping Robert Durst bathroom confessional mm -hmm. and she just looked at me and said are you having a stroke like, what are you talking about? So I said, your eyes you on haven't the seen Jinx, the Jinx? Get on it. Yeah, that was around the same time as like the OJ um, trial show with Sarah Paulson. Oh, I was like, the OJ trial? That was in that 94, was many years I believe. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> a few years ago. Um, Amer America, the only good thing, American Crime Story. Yeah, the only good yeah, thing yeah, Ryan yeah, Murphy's yeah. ever done. Incredible. That was like appointment television for me. Yeah. That and was I was sitting there like, what's going to happen? Even David though clearly Schwimmer we all as Robert Kardashian was inspired. Oh, I hated him. And I, hated I how loved they, it. I hated how they Connie threw Britton in the Kardashians for no reason. I hated that. It just felt like they were really trying to like cotton something up that didn't need to be in there. Coked out Faye Resnick at the trial was so incredible. Oh, God. The only time I've hated Connie Britton. I was like, get her off the screen. I liked Selma Blair's Chris. Iconic. Like, but it so felt good. like we were just we just didn't need them. I was like, get them out of here. Get me back to Chris Darden. Yeah. Honestly, get <laughs> me back to um John Travolta in that strange performance. In incredible. Adele Nazim. That was um around the time where OJ was really um having his resurgence because that show aired. Oh yeah, he was on Twitter. But that aired the same season we got Catherine Edwards on Beverly Hills. So I was really getting OJ on every which way. Wow. Yeah. There was a lot of loved synergy Catherine going on Edwards. over there. I hated her. I loved her. Catherine. That terrible deaf woman. I loved her. I just liked her because she, like, we don't have to get into it. This isn't a Bravo podcast. <laughs> I think a lot about when Lisa Renna said, when I see you, you know what's flashing on me? OJ. <gasps> OJ. And it's like, first of all, flashing on me is not a phrase. Also, like, the way that that case haunts those hills is insane. I know. And it's like, again, it's just one murder. I mean, well, I guess. Didn't I somebody else two. die? Yeah, Who else died? The guy, Ron. Um, Ron Galetti? Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. No, what's his name? I'm not <laughs> And I said the real life Mr. Big, Ron Galetti, and you went Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Well, my parents bad. famously, famously don't think OJ killed Nicole. And famously, your parents are fools because he clearly did. I know. I'm like, are you guys well? My mom's <laughs> like, no, it was a cartel hit. Maybe they'll yeah. be right one day. And my mom literally looked at me and so did my dad. Well, first my dad told me about this and I go, I got to call mom because you sound crazy. And I want to laugh with mom. I call her and she just simply goes, yeah, I don't think you did it either. And I was like. Are they also like JFK truthers? Was there another no, shooter no, they're on like a very grassy normal. <laughs> No, they're like very grounded, smart people. So it's really wild that, you know, my mom literally said the glove didn't fit. Didn't he have That's... something else on or something? What was that? The glove? 
Remember he put the glove on, but he had something else on his hand. What was that I don't know. outline? I maybe don't know. This we isn't, should. This maybe, isn't. This isn't a crime podcast. Maybe we both need to revisit American mm. Crime Story. Yeah, maybe we do. People versus OJ. I liked Versace. I loved Versace. Did they do a third one? No. And I don't know whatever. Because then he got into the feuds. Like, well, he only did like... one feud. No, he did Betty two. versus Joan. No, he did another one. No, he never did. Are you sure? It was supposed to be Charles and Diana, and it never happened. Oh, well, because the crown came in and was like, what the fuck? Well, that was six years later, but sure. It was? Between feud and Bitch, season what is five time? of the crown. I don't even know. I honestly, I, mean, I don't know what time is anymore. I won another season of Feud. I loved Betty versus Joan. I felt like I was the only person watching it. No, I watched it too. It was brilliant I... television. Susan Sarandon and Jessica Lang running amok. Yeah. Wow. What are we talking about? We're here to talk Sex and the City, but I did just Google Feud. Was there a second season? I think there was so only one. Season two at FX casts Tom Hollander as Truman Capote and adds Callista Flockhart and Diane Lane. But this was in 2022. Yeah, so it hasn't, maybe they're filming it, but it still hasn't come out. It will tell the true story of how Truman Capote was friends with numerous members of New York New High York Society until he published excerpts of his unfinished novel, Answered Prayers. Wow, that's, I want to watch that. Who's playing Truman Capote? Uh, Tom Hollander. Who the hell's that? I don't know. Do you mean Tom Holland? No, <laughs> no, it says Tom Hollander. Tom Hollander. Never seen him. He's a British actor. Oh, oh, he was. Um, uh, mm-hmm. He was in Pride and Prejudice, Pirates he of the was Caribbean. Mr. Oh, he was in he... White Lotus. Do, 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 do. Who was he? He was. If he was in season two, I didn't see it. No, he wasn't. He was in season one, I think. My eyes on his wiki. I don't know, you guys. Who cares? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, truly, let, people are like, I don't really need to go down some. We don't need to British... like listen to you, Google, bitch. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, if you want more content like this, mm-hmm, please, um, guys, next week we will be fresh and live from Patreon. We'll be an independent podcast. Mm-hmm. So please consider joining us over at Shortcomings Podcast, um, over at Patreon.com. We have multiple different levels. I first want to thank our iconic shorties, Carlos, Gina, Ginny, and Lauren. And then we've got our first bonus episode starting next week. They're going to come to you every Friday. And our first two, we're going to do just a catch up on the show, Girls. I feel like it's in the zeitgeist right now. You're going to be able to hear Sam and I's thoughts on that. I'm mostly going to be discussing the beach episode, beach house episode, because what a flawless episode. I want to discuss the Kitty Genovese episode. Who? (laughs) You know that, again, another murder doc that you need to see. The Kitty, so remember when like Jessa and um, Hannah, Adam Driver. Okay. They started dating, but like no one knew. And they all like went to that play that was like taking place in like that apartment. Yes, I've been to that play. Right. So Kitty Genovese should ring a bell. She's Hmm. the woman that was murdered. Is that what that play is about? Oh my God. Yes. It was mostly just like, why are we roaming around Brooklyn? Get me the fuck out of here. No, it's about a famous murder of this woman who was like, and multiple people heard her and no one like called the police or did anything about it. 
Yeah, I didn't care. They all just assumed other people would do that. So that's like one of my favorite episodes because that's like when they all kind of start to like see Jessa look at Adam Driver. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really beautiful scene when Hannah discovers Mm -hmm. that. And then our other bonus episode is going to be a kind of mid-season. We're just going to really drop down into succession and our thoughts Mm mid-season. And then we'll follow up after that when the season's over and really get into it. Get into it because, guys, those Roy kids are really flopping over there. The what? Uh, The Roy kids. I think that business is going under by episode 10. They don't have the stamina, the verve, or the charisma. They don't they don't understand. Or anything. the smarts, <laughs> the basic intelligence. Yeah. Um, and then we're gonna have a little shorty town hall Zoom call about Gilmore Girls, where we're gonna yell about the love mm-hmm. lives of the Gilmore Girls. So again, consider supporting Patreon, Shortcomings Podcast. We're really ramping up over there starting in May. This will be fully our responsibility to get this to you people. And I believe in us, but we can really only do it without you. So thank you all so much for already signing up. You've exceeded our expectations of early signups. Amazing. Incredible. But we've got a number to hit in mind, and we'll be sharing that number maybe at a later date. But I think (laughs) you guys can get there. Yeah, I faith. It's 10% of our listeners. So, you know, don't sit on it. If you're thinking about it, just go over there and click sign up. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Should we cons- continue our descent into madness by discussing season five? Absolutely. All right, guys. This week we're covering season five, episode six, Critical Condition. We'll start with a little episode synopsis. Carrie worries about bad reviews. Charlotte pushes forward with her divorce. Miranda deals with a sleepless ba- baby. Baby and Brady. <laughs> and Samantha returns a vibrator. Uh-huh. What did you think of this episode just overall before we get into it? I have to say, I didn't hate it. I really didn't. I I liked each kind of th- thing that each woman was going through. Like, it kept me hooked. Like, I was like, okay, like, I want to kind of see how this ends. Or, like, I want to see what happens over here. Now, did I think some of these women are insufferable? Yes. Sure, but that's every episode of this show. That's just Sex and the City, you know? Yeah. Um, much like Gilmore Girls, as I described Gilmore Girls yesterday, a cotton candy land mostly populated by monsters just running Yeah. <laughs> what did you feel about the episode? You know, I didn't love it as much as last week. I didn't feel like we had a... Um, oh, you loved last place- week's episode more? Yeah, I felt like we had some emotional truth last week with the revelations about Carrie and Charlotte and their feelings about their divorce and um, being lonely. I really loved the final scene of Carrie being able to accept herself as the successful writer. So there wasn't like an emotional weight to this Mm -hmm. episode. But I mean, I liked it much more than seasons, episodes one through four. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I mean Carrie was, was at her yeah. worst, I think, this episode. No, she's, to me, nothing will top season five, episode one. Just running around the city screaming, bringing Pano <laughs> Chocolat, torturing that gorgeous man. Yeah, I've no. never seen her more unhinged than in season five, episode one. Literally just scre- like a so 
whirling dervish of a woman. It will never not make me laugh. And she was like, panel chocolat? And panel chocolat. <laughs> and then she just picks it up and leaves. She's like, all right, I don't really want to talk. She's to like, you, uh, you clearly don't want this. Whatever. You're whatever. Your baby's I, I don't know. I'm this annoying. episode, she was. Um, this episode more her... gave me the crazy Carrie we get with Natasha. Obsession. The obsessive Carrie that like we're used to, that she can spiral. She's yeah. not so monstrous as she has been earlier in the season. Although there's <laughs> one point where I was like, yeah, was like fuck like... up. When she's so fucking mean to Stanford. <laughs> she's so crazy. <laughs> but let's hear the monologue and then get into it. Okay. Why is it that we only seem to believe the negative things people say about us? No matter how much evidence there is to the contrary, a neighbor, a face, an ex-boyfriend can cancel out everything we thought was once true. Odd, but when it comes to life and love, why do we believe our worst reviews? I don't know what that music was by way of like Miami Beach vacation. And you know what? We say it all the time. I didn't hear that music while I was watching it. I but now that it's all we have, I'm like... Sounds like Gilligan's Island. <laughs> it's a four-hour it boat did. ride. It did. Now, this monologue touched me in a deep way. I was going to say. Okay. Because uh, we've believed a lot of worst reviews on this podcast, you know? Oh, we've yeah. We've gotten a lot of bad ones. I'm still reeling from Miss Boo. And that Ms. was about <laughs> two and a half years ago. I know. When did we start this? 2021, summer, August. Wow, so we're coming up on our two-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Two years, three platforms. <laughs> <laughs> Can't lose. I've moved ten times. <laughs> yeah. And we're still getting, we are still trying to get to people. And I want to point out, I believe in that time, other than our brief hiatus. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, we've only missed one week. Yeah. Then I remembered our um, hiatus. Yeah, yeah. That was we missed tough. Them several weeks. Yeah. But that wasn't because of us. No, 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 well, no. We have bled out for you people to make sure you get this podcast. Except We, we would wake up at 5 a.m. to watch and just like that. I can't even. Um, although I can't wait for those times. But what I appreciated about this episode overall is that it's kind of about like the aftermath of relationships and also how strangers and our friends can affect us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, I thought it was actually a very clever concept, the idea of reviews in our personal lives. Like there's the very literal aspect of it in terms of the New York Times review of Carrie's book, but we're all being reviewed and reviewing people all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was such a great way to think about this. Yeah. I, like I said, I didn't hate this episode. Like I was invested in kind of what everyone was going through. And I obviously related to what Carrie was asking. Um, And the message, you know, that she kind of found herself in at the end of this, like, how can we only focus on the bad? Like what someone says about us that's bad that you know is not even true. And it's it's hard to like well, I think the point is, is is that we don't know it's true. We don't know it's not true. It's true. Like when you hear something negative, we you do think intern- like, oh, wow, we do internalize that's the it. Truth. Because we do have blind spots. I think it's yeah. very um 
this is going to be a very specific reference, but do you remember when Trump, I guess Oprah had given her speech at the Golden Globes that had veiled references to Trump in it. Mm -hmm. And then he came back at her. And I remember someone asked her her response to that. And she said, I, I, I thought about it. I really sat with it. And I decided it had no basis in truth. And I think that that is a very difficult thing to do, which is actually to hear criticism and sit with it. Mm-hmm. Instead, we just ultimately just internalize. It's either we internalize it or are like, no, I'm not even going to hear that. Mm-hmm. And ever since she said that, I was like, you know what? When someone says something negative about you, truly try to sit with it. Don't reply. Mm-hmm. And see if it has any sort of validity to you mm-hmm. and your life and your perspective on the world. And if it does, make adjustments. If it doesn't, then you can let it go. Mm-hmm. But if you don't really sit with criticism, how can you grow? I 100% agree. I, you know, I don't love criticism, but like Pat, uh, my producer for Hot Off the Mess, and Gracie have told me that sometimes when I, when I, you know, say hi, everyone, welcome to Hot Off the Mess, I say it sexually. And I took that note and I changed I've it never, immediately. I've never... There was times where like I did I would be really breathy and like it sounded like very weird. And I guess I didn't know that. And so they Look, were like, Sam. And they told me and I immediately changed it. I, I was have like, You're right. Defended your voice <laughs> to the hilt. Yeah. Thank you. And have described I don't know why it in, it's so jarring to people. And have described it in many different ways. I have never once landed on the word sexy. No, because it, it was like, hi everyone. Like, I, again, you're like doing that. it right now, and not I tell you, nothing's moving you. downstairs. <laughs> well, it would be weird if it did. <laughs> Bing. Yeah. All right, let's get into let's get into Charlotte. <laughs> That's how you want to transition. Yeah, why not? I mean, we got to okay. look. I told oh, you, wow, I got to starting with Charlotte. Okay. Yeah, because um, interesting. Well, as you'll see, if you've looked at this outline, Miranda and Samantha are kind of coupled together. And I think coupled together, they actually have a stronger storyline than Charlotte. But if if we separated them all out, yes, Samantha would be the less of the the lesser (laughs) of the four. She went to sharper image and uh, babysat. (laughs) But I think in, in conjunction with Miranda, there's some actual truth and power there for both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So Charlotte, She's ready and raring to go to get this divorce going, and she's hired Matthew Bloom. What did you think of old Maddie? So hot. I gotta tell you, he literally did nothing for me. Wow. I was so sad. Wow. I I wouldn't be able to sit across from him either. I was just like, ugh, get him out of here. No, I would have been like, um, like I would have pulled a Charlotte or a and- Carrie and would just act it insane. That's probably the route. Luckily, I don't think this guy would be Carrie's type at all. (laughs) Matthew Bloom. I don't know. He did nothing. Did I tell you? Did I tell you about the guy who showed me one of the apartments I looked at and I thought he was like into me? And um, he turns out he was gay. Sounds (laughs) tracks. I told Danny, I was like, Danny, like the guy that was showing me the apartment was like kind of, you know, like trying to flirt and he was like well what did he do and i like was describing it to him and i was like now that i'm thinking about it <laughs> i'm sure he was he like say. hey girl want to go get some cosmos 
No, literally, I was like, was probably like my boyfriend's gonna fuck me in the ass, and you were like, I love him. Oh my god, I think he wants to marry me. It was so funny. I was literally like, Danny, like the guy, I think, like was really into me, and he was like, Sam, what did he say? And I go, Well, he asked me where I work or like what I do for work, and I said, Oh, I work for Betches, and he goes, Betches Media, and Danny was like, Sam, he's a homosexual. That's a homosexual. <laughs> He's a homosexual man at the end of the day. <laughs> Unfortunately or fortunately. No, wait. And then we were in one of the bathrooms and he was like, you know, it's got a really big vanity. And I was like, great. You know, like all of like my girly things can like go in there. Like I have a lot of stuff. And he was like, yeah, me too. I do a lot of primping. And Danny was like, and that never like crossed your mind. And I was like, now that I'm saying it. I mean, I do know several straight men who do a ton of primping, but they he don't had one know, earring, but they don't know what Betches Media is. Yeah, like he had one earring in and knew what Betches Media was. Well, I also knew several street men with one earring. I actually don't know any gay men with earrings. Really? Yeah, that's an upsetting look. I think we're going to keep that over there with the, <laughs> you know, with the Josh so Ameses of the world. It was literally so fucking funny. Like, Dan, just watching Danny's face as I put this all together, he was like, that man might have been gay, Sam. And I was like, it was also a realtor, and, you know. Well, he did talk about how many like little get-togethers he throws in the main in the main lobby. Yeah, he likes to party, you know. Yeah. Sounds like a fun place to live. It's not, not the apartment I ended up choosing, but I'd love to meet that gentleman. You know, he sounds like a fun guy. Yeah. So anyway. she's hired Matthew Bloom to negotiate her divorce settlement, but oddly, she thinks this man is too hot for her to like be aggressive in front of. Mm-hmm. And then we get the introduction of Harry Goldenblatt. And I had one simple note. Is this anti-Semitic? Wait, why? I, I, I don't know. I had forgotten he comes in just sweaty everywhere. He oh, literally like... ripping into a bagel and spitting it out. I was like, this is... Yeah, it's a little too... I was like, yikes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... that's a little too, like, that's a lot. As someone who's dating someone who's Jewish, like, <laughs> I will say, like, that did, he does have Danny vibes. Like, Harry and Danny are very similar. Are we going to have to hear about your personal life a lot this episode? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I maybe. don't know. As we enter our Harry era. Yeah, it's buckle up. Buckle the fuck up, guys. It's nothing but personal stories over on Patreon. <laughs> Get on over there. Okay. I don't know. Continue. I really appreciated the... I appreciated the fact that this introduction of Harry feels all like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have on... no idea what's coming. Honestly, watching it, I was like, this is how they bring him in? Because it, there's no feeling that he's going to be a love interest. There's one moment towards the end where he sort of says, like, he sort of touches her. But mm-hmm. nothing flashes for Charlotte. And I Not think the only thing. reason I'm recognizing it is, is I'm reading on to it. And mm-hmm. I, I like the idea that um he's introduced, like, a cor- sort of weird character of the week. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back next week. Um, yeah, I just think it's one of those things where if we didn't know how it ends, like this would have been like, oh, yeah, that's like, like you said, like the weird character of the week. Like it just was someone to bring in to like help Charlotte. And then we never see him again. Like there was never a moment where I like even on in Charlotte's face, like where it was, you know. Well, no, I mean, how could she? He's 
not great. <clears throat> He's also not even that good of a lawyer. You don't think? Well, so let's get into it. We come back and we see Bunny. And Bunny is with her lawyer and Harry is with Charlotte. And they're discussing, you know, try, trying to mitigate what Charlotte will get. They're trying to give her this coin collection. And she wants the apartment. And I remember... I remembered it sort of like um, Trey's letter comes because it was requested by Harry and he like made this all happen in some way. But they never really talk about that. Like, oh, he was this cunning guy who reached, who thought like, who heard Charlotte's story and was like, great, what we need to do is reach out to Trey. It's more about Trey's kindness than Harry's intelligence. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, it, I don't know, it just kind of felt like also a sort of nothing. One of the reasons it feels like nothing is because the character of Harry isn't fleshed out in any, he's not interesting, he's not smart, he's, he just has to read Trey's letter. It is interesting, the idea that her next love interest is parodying the words of her ex-husband. mm and yeah. that he, we're watching her transition from the McDo- from McDougal to Goldenblatt. That mm-hmm. he literally delivers her into some sort of freedom. So that's an interesting thing. But I don't know. I was sort of disappointed that in the history of like the you show, remember Mary it differently. I remembered it as better than it is, and Mary Brady gets a better introduction than the Harry best. Goldenblatt. Her and Amelita Amalfi to me have the best like introduction of a character. Well, and I'm trying to remember Big's introduction. No, his is pretty good. When he picked her condoms up off the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, when she's like staring at him and it slow mo's a little, and he's yeah, and she's like, "God damn it, I looked back." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's later on in the season. No. No, yeah, it's later when they meet on the side so- uh, when he sees her when he sees her when she sees him doing the crossword. No, it also happens, right? No, but the she does look back, but the moment you're thinking of when thinking she of says, happens when they're when doing the crossword. God damn it, it would have been so cool if I didn't look back is a yeah. little bit where they, it's like it's a in the few episodes. It's a few episodes later where they keep running into one another. Yeah, you um, think I would remember considering this is a rewatch podcast, but well, it's been a long it's taken it's us been two a long years journey. to get through. <laughs> that was that was summer twenty twenty one, baby. Yeah. When I That's... when we talked about that. Yeah, um, I did appreciate Bunny's sort of um, stance on marriage. I liked the idea of locking, making it really this generational thing. The one thing I did want to just chat about briefly was Charlotte's finances. So Hmm. she gets this apartment from Trey, which is great. Amazing. But she doesn't get any money from him. Right. So she was on a vesting period where they had to be married for 15, I believe it's 15 years before she gets a portion of originally $500,000 and Charlotte gets it up to a million. Mm -hmm. And then when Bunny whispers to the lawyer, she says, just the apartment. Mm -hmm. How is Charlotte? I mean, we know Charlotte to have come from a little bit of money, but also at one point earlier in the show, she mentions having to save up to go to the Hamptons. And so I'm like, what? Charlotte's lucky she married a lawyer, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think she has a house payment, but like, how does she live? Well, she has to pay the condo fees. Like the rent? 
No, I'm sure they own that apartment. Like they have outright. like an HOA or something. Yeah, but she has to pay probably like in to to pay for that. I mean, there are certain things. The doorman. I mean, she is paying some sort of HOA condo fee to live in that mm -hmm. building, as well as probably. You don't taxes think Trey gave her it. any money? I, it's at least not explicitly stated. Yeah, that she receives like any would. money in this divorce. He also just yeah. kind of left. <laughs> he went to Scotland. He vanished. <laughs> Also, the telegram. Is he wow. working? Well, I, you know, this was... Trey doesn't have email. I guess. I think a telegram. How do telegrams even work? Well, that's the stop part. It was like, stop. Right. So they chose a telegram just so the really mother so they... stopped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All that just for that great joke. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Michael Patrick King. Look at us yeah. now. Look at us. All right, let's get into Miranda and Samantha. Miranda's down bad. Bad. She's been down bad this whole season. She's not sleeping because Brady won't sleep. She's feeling a lack of support. But the only thing I wanted to know is why is she at brunch with these women if her life is that bad? Like, take a shower, go get a haircut, do some laundry. There are a host of other things I would oh, do before I going to have brunch. Questions. Where's Steve? Well, although they do kind of clear that up later in the episode. My thing is, is like, you have a nanny. Right. If Well, like, Magda isn't. You is can Magda take a now shower. Serving as, is Magda now serving as a nanny? I Because she started so. as a housekeeper. She like lives there. She's I, like no, always she there. Does, she doesn't live She's there. She's always do with. constantly transitioning. Yeah, but like she definitely watches brady well yeah oh yeah i she does definitely i believe live with them when but they I'm move like, into brooklyn i feel like you can take a shower now i'm and not a mother a of, and i'm sure i'll hear about this and do a load of laundry well magda does that right so she's like everything like, i own smells though and i'm like i like, just and magda needs to like step up and look one baby can be really overwhelming to two people certainly Sure. However, I just think the choice to leave and go to brunch is the wrong one. I would be like, okay, I'm going to sleep. Mm -hmm. I would have gotten a hotel room. I would have gone and slept at Carrie's. <laughs> I'd be like, you guys go to brunch. I'm taking a nap at your place. Yeah. Yeah. But Samantha is on her single girl, Chelsea Handler, in that weird little video that sparked all the Fox <laughs> News people to yell at her life. She's like, I've got to call the John Mandy at the John Mandy Salon. John Mandy is, again, another fake celebrity. Yeah. But then Charlotte's, like, looking at her, like, this is not even Carrie's, like, could you come on? She's Look. like, read the fucking room. Your friend's sitting across from you with fucking baby puke all over her. And you're talking about this. Have But you know what? Everyone has their priorities in their life. Everyone's mm -hmm. life is their Well, life. it's interesting, like, how Miranda's now one of, like, quote, unquote, like, those women. Remember how, like, in the beginning, it was always, like, we're the cool girls. Like, we're the ones that don't want to get married and have kids and stuff. And it's, like, it's, like, Miranda's now that person. Well, I wouldn't say they were never the girls. Well, Samantha Didn't want to get married. Probably. But you know I what I mean? Like, they, they didn't the want to be suburban girls. girls. Were, they looked at women who were married and with children as a way of coping, as, like, look at those dumb girls. Yeah, like, we're the witches in the corner smoking yeah. six. It's, like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. And now Miranda's fighting for her life with baby Brady, who is clearly demonic. I love him. He's so cute. No, that baby's so fucking cute. Those big eyes. 
And I love the dual scenes of Samantha masturbating. And she's, I, although I do love their kind of idea of what her single life is. She spends an afternoon masturbating while smoking <laughs> and drinking a glass of red wine. That sounds great. I mean, we've her. seen her spend an afternoon masturbating before, but. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're done with the red bed and the gold phone. Yeah, now she's got like a cordless phone in her kitchen. It's like, what? Well, now she's got that bed on wheels. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I hate apartment. her apartments. Uh, yeah, they're not good. Until she moves to California, I hate all of her homes. The house in California, I love. Um, And then the, we pair that scene with Brady, who's continuing to cry. And we meet Miranda's neighbor, whose name I have here is Kendall. Mm-hmm. And Kendall is my the dropout queen. She was the editor who worked with Desi from Girls. She had a great pair of glasses. And I love this actress, Kendall. I love this character. I think that this would have been such an interesting route for the show to go. Instead of the magical people of color we had to introduce in Just Like That, out of nowhere, why wouldn't they have at least, and I mean just different times, built this relationship between Kendall and Miranda? Mm Mm-hmm. And then in season six, when she starts dating Dr. Robert, you have someone who lives in the building for her to talk about it with. We've introduced a sort of person of color in a natural, normal way. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have had to maybe hear, you know, Samantha say, you're getting fucked by a hot black doctor. Because you know, I don't think Kendall would have said that. Kendall definitely wouldn't have said that. Kendall but I do sense. have a qualm. I think it's really fucking rude to like pound on someone's door and be like your baby is crying it's 2 30 it's like she clearly can't help it like this is she's a mother and her baby is crying like i show some fucking compassion like she's have you ever lived in new york city obviously not i i I, it's you're gonna get a little agitated no i'm sure i would but like I just don't think I would ever like knock on someone's door and say that. I also have a problem with people that like yell at mothers on planes if the baby is crying and are like, well, you shouldn't travel with a baby. It's like, what the fuck? Like, shut up. I think she you're thinking though it. in a very ideal well, she act well, I'd you argue can't, that- you can't control sometimes when your baby is crying. Sometimes babies just cry. Yeah. However, clearly you can. Because there is a way to fix Miranda. But she doesn't, she didn't know. She doesn't have friends. And like, I'm glad that Kendall finally came around and was like, let me help you. Right. Because clearly no one's helping you. Miranda is not leaning into any sort of village or resources. She's never spoken to people. Even like, you cannot be a closed off weird person. You also have to remember if Kendall (laughs) lives next door and has her own baby and this baby's crying, I would also be like, you need to figure this out. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just what can't like, happen I felt, is then my I just baby felt starts bad crying. for her. Oh, I certainly. just felt bad. But Miranda is an asshole. Yeah, I mean, like even when she gets off the elevator and just looks at the women like they're all crazy. I thought they were looking at her like she was crazy. Like I thought like, they were judging her. And, no, I think their point is is like come over and say hello. Like we are a group of mothers and you aren't attempting to connect with us at all, which is what Kendall oh. says to her later. You have never once asked me. You want to throw in my face like hey, I have a baby and I'm like, "Hey, guess what? I have a baby also." So mm-hmm. if there is a whole group of mothers who clearly have a kind of patchwork of care in this building and you aren't attempting to connect with us at all 
so that we can be a resource to you. Marina's not a connector. In the same way, like, so to your point earlier, the way she's thinking of Miranda is stuck in this nexus spot of like not really accepting her motherhood. Mm -hmm. And so she's not connecting with other people who could help her. Like if my if your baby is crying that much and you see a group of women all clearly about to go and do something with a bunch of babies, I would and all you're about to do is go for a walk with your baby in a stroller while he cries. I'd probably go over. You know what she would have had sooner? The vibrating chair. You really just opened my eyes to a lot. Yeah, I was looking at this through a very different lens. Even the same way when Kendall knocks on the door with the chair and she just kind of stares at her as if she's never seen another person before. (laughs) No, maybe she's never seen a black person before. Miranda's crazy. But it's just like, what is, there's something wrong with these. I think sometimes shows about like groups of people have a hard time introducing other people. They're like, the way to make it seem like these four are really close is to have them have no concept of other humans. And it's like, that's not what friendship is. Right. I'm glad that Kendall brought the chair. Yeah, Kendall's a great girl. Her. Kendall's a great girl. I hope she's doing well. And I hope little baby Kira is doing well, too. I think her baby's name was not Kira. Yeah, it was. I, I thought it was some... I'm not, I don't have it here, but... Alika was her baby's Alika. name. Alika. Okay. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I, like, I don't think that baby's name was Kira. <laughs> I don't know whose name was Kira. I don't think anyone's. My bad. Okay. I really love the Carrie Miranda phone call scene about Mashiko Kukatane and how exhausted Miranda is. I enjoy when she falls asleep and is just like, I'll stay on the phone, but you can't say her name anymore. And then I really appreciate the freak out when it's just like, you know what? You have other friends. Call them. Like, call Samantha, who has nothing but time. And I agree with Miranda. It's like, I don't think that Carrie's problem, like, I do think Carrie's feelings about the review are legitimate. Mm -hmm. But there's a context and, like, Miranda's going through a lot. Like, call Samantha. Call Charlotte, who's probably doing nothing. Yeah, she's doing nothing. Literally in this episode. She doesn't have that much going on. So fucking bad for Miranda. Like, to sit on the phone, she's fighting for her life. And listening to Carrie bitch and moan about this review and obsess over and over and over again. I'm like, you need to shut the fuck up. Like, you just saw your friend at brunch and saw her, like, crumbling. And, like, you're just up your own ass about this review. Like, And it was also a great review except for that one little part. Yeah, but that's the part. That's the theme of this episode. No, I understand, but I, if I was, it's Marina, like you I'd want this like, episode not to be what it is. I know you're <laughs> trying to like mold it into something else. But the whole point is, is like, yes, we it needed to be a positive review with one thing we can misinterpret. I know, but I'm just coming at it from like Miranda's point of view, where it's like, girl, shut the fuck up. But Miranda also needs to create firmer boundaries. A, she did not need to answer Carrie's call. B, she could have said, like, hey, like, but I think Miranda is, again, it's why she dragged herself to brunch instead of, like, doing some self-care. It's why she allows Carrie to talk. She only, she doesn't set boundaries with Carrie. She waits and she waits and she waits and then she explodes. And that is how resentment builds because you aren't building the correct boundaries with your friends. In some ways, I don't argue that Carrie is wrong. She called. Miranda let her talk. She then said, like, the mo- she then was like, oh, 
Is it? I look at. I think Carrie even says, "Look at me. I should probably shouldn't be talking about this." And she says, "It's okay. Keep going." Because yeah. she also still wants to be the Miranda who has all of the bandwidth to talk to to be Carrie's best friend and the brunch girl. And it's like, sweetie, you've only got this much space. Like time is a precious resource. And Miranda is really struggling. I think the point of that scene isn't Carrie should be quiet. It's that Miranda needs to accept her new truth. That was really powerful. And I think it's really nice that Carrie says to Samantha, like, hey, we need to do better. Like you need to try and be kinder to Samantha ask her about her child you mean samantha be kinder to miranda yeah and then she buys she buys her that brownie i really appreciated her returning that vibrator oh my god no i loved that scene with all the women i I did not care for her telling the man she had used it as a vibrator and returning it to him not in some sort of package no i was upsetting it's like when the women up charlotte's rabbit and I was like, we, why are we handing things that have touched our private parts hand to hand? Put it in a box. Put it in a bag. In a bag. Do something. something. Wrap it in newspaper. I don't care. Keep the but box when, it came in. When Samantha looked at that woman, she's like, you'll burn your clit right off. <laughs> no, absolutely not. That'll burn your clit off. <laughs> but I actually even preferred, oh, no, I think that one's actually a, a back massager. Not if you mount it. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine mounting so... something. <laughs> no, I no thank you. Um, but no, I really appreciated that. I liked that. Um, I like that the review idea comes through all of them, right? Like mm-hmm. Samantha here is the reviewer of vibrators. Charlotte gets a bad review from Bunny, and then a good review from Trey. Mm-hmm. Samantha, I'm sorry, Miranda gets her review from Kendall. When, when she gives her the chair and she says, you're a good mother, you just didn't have the chair. Like that yeah. everyone is being reviewed. I do wish we'd seen one of the women having to review someone else. Yeah. That would have been a nice kind of adage. But I do appreciate, you know, Samantha goes over. Brady's fine. Then that chair breaks. She's losing her mind. I like the duality of then she says, call Charlotte. She's not doing shit. Like, call her when Carrie wants to bitch even further while watching SNL. Mm-hmm. Then she even just throws cherries. her mind. Even cherries at 1130 at night is so strange. Well, I don't think it was 1130 at night. It was a SNL rerun. It was the oh, middle it of was? the af- It was the middle of the afternoon. I don't think she, Samantha sent Miranda <laughs> to get a haircut at 1130 at night. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> she was like, she, Samantha would show okay? up at midnight. Like, knock, knock, knock. Hey, go get my haircut. Yeah, no, it was a rerun. Oh, I didn't think they did reruns of SNL. Oh, for maybe a back of, then they did. Back then, and I think they probably still do on like E or something. Somewhere in the NBC universe, somewhere family, yeah. SNL is running on a loop. Yeah, that's true. Like below deck on Bravo. Yeah, and so she throws the vibrator on him, and I really like the cute moment at the very end when they look at one another and say like that had better be new. Yeah, and I, like um, I think we it rarely see Samantha Miranda storyline, so this one was really nice. We never see them together. It's so rare. And I don't think we're going to get another one. So uh, one and done. Enjoy it. 
Yeah, because I don't even think they have like any kind of relationship in the movies for sure. I know. I'm thinking about that right now, and I'm like, I don't. Samantha doesn't really hang out with anyone in the movies, if you know what I mean. She's got a lot of scenes by herself. Except for that scene where she shows up at Carrie's apartment and they all. No, she does group scenes. But if you think about it, there's never a scene where she's one on one with anyone. No, no, no. Not in person. Because there's that one where she's on the phone with Carrie. But that's. Yeah, but like she's not doing one on one scenes with. She's doing one on one scenes with Smith Jarrett. She's doing one on one scenes with Paula Abdul in the second one. Mm hmm. With that um, hot guy she sleeps with on a truck in the middle on Fourth of July. That movie is <laughs> so crazy, wild. You know what Can't I also realized that in what? the second movie, the song that at the gay wedding, the song they're singing is from Camelot, and that is where I saw Michael Patrick King. So he must be a big Camelot fan. Full circle. You know, he's really into that musical. I wish I'd said started singing it to him. Wow. Let's get into Ms. Bradshaw. Okay. So and her she's... Terry cloth dress. Well, we'll get to that in the fashion montage okay. or what the yeah. section. Yeah. So we've got Carrie. She's out with Stanford. And my first note of this episode is Broadway's Mary Testa. And one of my favorite Broadway actresses is the person playing the cabaret singer. Oh. Now, this cabaret show seemed so dark-sided to me. It's giving Luann. I've never been to a cabaret show where they had dancers behind them just doing high kicks it was quite a show <laughs> on a small and stage Stanford is just in love marcus in is love. fucking weird i love marcus i, I love that he's like so aesthetically beautiful but like a weirdo i don't think he's like that i think that that's cool. fun oh i think he's really handsome but i, like, love I think that he he's looks weird. like a kin doll like there's nothing interesting that's about his point. face to mm-hmm. me like there's just like nothing's going on there's no heat underneath the saddle but then carrie goes to the bathroom where did you find that saying we just landed on it okay (laughs) okay Okay. um but then we meet nina katz who's gonna go she's hoping to have found some single men at a cabaret then she's gonna go like get pretzels and find some single men she's very man hungry yeah, but she's looking in all the wrong places. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where she is, thinks she's looking. I I wish we had, although I guess that would have tipped our hat that she's like from SNL. I wish we'd gotten another famous person here to bookend Heather Graham later. Mm-hmm. I just thought like it would have been interesting to see to have Carrie see someone famous, but then it's Nina Katz who's the actual story. Mm-hmm. I just think I at this point, Sex in the City was such a phenomenon. Let's get some more guest stars going. Oh yeah, who would you want to see as like the celeb at this time? Like, not Heather the- Graham. I would want to see like Kate Hudson. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like she would be really. I mean, she was so famous at this time. She was doing like all the rom coms, almost I famous, know. doing all the things. Was that around? The- yeah, I guess uh, this is two thousand. Yeah, I guess almost famous would have been the year before. Mm-hmm. And then like um, nineteen days was coming out soon. Yeah, I don't know. I've just never really been a Kate Hudson fan. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Goldie on fan. Love her. Oh, okay. I love Goldie. Yeah, I love Goldie. Kate she should have been on and just like that. I would have loved speaking of celebrity, if if Nina Katz had been palling around with Goldie Hawn, those bathroom dorms had opened and it had been Nina Katz, Goldie Hawn, Bette Midler, and Diane Keaton. <laughs> and we got in a first wives club. <laughs> um that reconnect. actually would have been amazing. And then the re- then Nina Cash is just like, oh, it's Carrie. 
Yeah. And then I would have liked to see Diane do the face. Them all do kind of a face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Diane would have been like, oh, Carrie, like just flustered and out of control. <laughs> She's so my mother. It's so scary. Um, uh, but I love Nina Katz. Mm hmm. Because she's fearless. She literally just looks directly at her and shames mm -hmm. her. I love it. It's so rare. Does Nina Cat seem like a woman Aiden would date? If he was down as bad as Steve was saying, yes. In, only in the and sense let that me, like, let me he add, literally does, was falling apart. Does Nina? Does Aiden seem like a man a woman like Nina Katz would like? Yes. I don't, I disagree there. She seems to be high powered and interested in celebrity. Yeah, but that's probably what she likes about Aiden is that he I, wasn't any of those things. Oh, see, no, I don't see that. I see her as, um, she's fucking every male celeb who comes through there. I see. I don't see that at all. Nina Katz is. I see she her looking at like a male. I think she likes female celebrities. I can picture Nina Katz not liking male celebrities thinking they're nasty weird gross and that she likes like the normal the normal guy the average joe nina katz has had it bust wide open for jude law who else would have been hot around that time oh definitely jude Law's not fucking nina katz definitely um have you read about jude law's sex life i, I just, think he's fucking I think every he the nanny i think he's fucking everybody who comes his way i've always felt that if I'll i throw myself get, at him if i could get down to my fighting weight and met jude law he'd give me a chance <laughs> okay nina's definitely fuck ben affleck she's definitely matt damon certainly russell crowe when he trotted the boards at snl mm. nina Katz is a star fucker Interesting. and aiden i just don't shaw, think the stars are wanting to fuck her aiden shaw lacks as we've discussed because i'm gonna say something power. she's not like that pretty I thought she was beautiful. Nina Katz? Yeah, when she popped, the only thing I didn't care for is when she said, I'm Starvation City. I thought, what's happening? No, I didn't. But I blame that more on the writers. Yeah, that's not her. That's, yeah. yeah. But I was like, who would ever say the phrase Starvation City? <laughs> Although now I feel like it's going to become like my new catchphrase. I know. You're going to text me like tomorrow Oof, and be like, I Starvation City. I haven't eaten this since breakfast. Starvation City. <laughs> um, I don't know. She just didn't. I, I liked her. I thought she was fearless, powerful. I loved when she was like, literally, once again, dead ass in Carrie's face said, I'll tell you over lunch. When when she, when she the Vogue oh, yeah. editor is like, how do you two know each other? I'll tell you over lunch. She's like, I'm going to spread this everywhere. Nina Katz is going to cross-pollinate <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw's shit well, around the city. to look at a person and be like, hmm, I dated Aiden after you. Like, I would never think of saying something like that. Oh, I It was would. iconic. I have. Oh, are you Nina Katz? Are you a Nina Katz? If I feel that there's any way I can, like, um, you know, add a little bolster myself with power, I will. Wow, I I need to be more like that. I mean, never forget when I ran into a man in the elevator at the hospital, and he we dated for a bit, and he tried to be friendly, and I said, "How is your boyfriend?" <laughs> oh my god. And he was so startled. And we were not alone on that elevator. Everyone else was like, oof. Was this for your hand? No, you this was um, just one of my other routine, you know. Checkups. You know, I go to Hopkins and just go floor to floor. Okay. <laughs> just everyone have at me. <laughs> Got it. One of the powers of having great insurance. 
Yeah, you're getting everything looked at. Yeah, I no health no health stuff is going to pop up on me. <laughs> and then we get Carrie and Steve. Those and fleshy I have arms. To say once again, hate Steve with Miranda. Love, Love him with Carrie. <laughs> I think there's some. I think there's heat. There is. Those fleshy Although there he was again, arms. bouncing that goddamn ball. Oh God. Even Carrie was like, "Enough with the ball." <laughs> like. Also, why is he just? Why is there concept of a grown man that he's always playing pickup basketball? Because that's who he is. He's like a Brooklyn just, boy. He's never not. He's from Queens, I believe. And he's always got his sleeves cut off. This is always a, showing nipple. This is a forty-year-old man. Yeah. He could be. He. He's. He. No, he's probably thirty-six, thirty-seven. This is a man with a child. And a business. He's a and business a boss, owner. He's a he's a small business owner. owner. He's and a he's member of the this, corporate community. And he's on a stoop bouncing this ball. Well, I love his stoop. I did laugh though when he goes, Oh, you're not gonna try to get back together with him again, are you? I was dead. I feel like that was though for the audience. I think the everyone was like, Carrie, no, we can't do this again. I know. And she was like, like Oh. But okay. I know how you feel about it. Yeah. I um, I really appreciated he lost his ability to trust women. He lost his ability to trust women. Mm-hmm. Oh, we just ate chicken wings. Yeah. He's his, like, that's his, what Nina said. The girl he dated after that said that. We just ate chicken wings. He couldn't get out of bed for four weeks, for a whole month. <laughs> you make him sound like Elmo. <laughs> I hate this guy. Bouncing his ball, but I did think they look kind of cute together on the stoop. They're, you know, it's because they're both like petite, like little people, and like they just like match. And I just feel like Steve's boyish energy brings something out in Carrie in a way that I feel Miranda's disgusted by him. Yeah. Like, when they were painting that house and just like that, I was like, these two should fuck. Everyone was saying that. They're like, are they about to kiss? And then they didn't. (sighs) So Maybe they will in season two when they go to Coney Island with Aiden. That would be a thruple. On their bicycles. Maybe that could be... Maybe they should introduce a thruple, and it's just Carrie, Aiden, and Steve living in that ramshackle apartment. Sick. Sick. I'd like to see it. Oh, God. Um, so then Carrie and Stanford are attempting. So Carrie has told Stanford, hey, let's go cruise guys. He has no idea mm-hmm. about Nina. No. No. And he's once again trying to talk about Marcus and I was glad he finally was like please shut up and tell me about my boyfriend and whether you like him or not Mm -hmm. and she starts but then we run into Heather Graham and Nina and everyone in this scene looked crazy nuts I mean let's actually save that for fashion okay but then Nina pulls Carrie to I'm sorry Carrie pulls Nina to the side and Mm -hmm. she goes on this whole rant about how relationships and breakups are personal. And Nina looks so like, bitch, I could care two shits. Nina's like, I don't give a fuck about this. Like, I just like just gossiping. A, yeah, she's like, this Look. is just a funny story I tell my friends. Like, this, I really don't care. And I love and, that. I love that she didn't say anything really. She was not like, oh my God, I'm sorry. She just was like, okay. It was the first time watching it. This was the f- first time ever. I realized the parallel between Nina and uh, what's homegirl's name? Natasha. 
Mm. That Carrie is seeking this approval from the next woman. Mm -hmm. And that they both are kind of like, I mean, in Natasha's case, she read her for filth. And in Nina's case, she was just kind of like, I, this has nothing to do with me. Like, yeah. I'm not dating Aiden anymore. Like, uh, go about It was your a while ago. Also, like, bitch, you write a column and air your shit out publicly. Like, I would, I would know this story. You have a story. book about it. I would know this story even if I wasn't involved. Right. I know. That's a good point. So, I gotta, get out of my face. Like, I gotta go buy like, pretzels with, with Heather Graham. farmer's market. Like, leave me alone. Do you think Nina is friends with Heather Graham or is Heather Graham hosting SNL that week? I can see them being friends. I'm not a Heather Graham fan, but... I like her more than the other one you mentioned, Kate Hudson. Really? I don't know why. I just do. Okay. Uh, there's a moment when Heather Graham returns with the pretzel. It's a brief moment, but it's very I, wacky. I had a moment to also talk about with Miss um, Graham. But when go on, she finish yours. comes back and she goes like this, it's a pretzel. <laughs> she rings she... up like two maracas. <laughs> she... And then it just cuts away. I was like, what is going on here? I was going to say... We slip into a little bit of the um, ghetto voice with Miss Graham when she says, whichever has less more, when Nina says, whichever has less more calories, and she goes, all right. <laughs> and that was um, upsetting. Yeah. For the eyes, ears, and throat. I just. All senses. Yeah. So let's chat about the fashion in this episode. First, Chris. I want to start with the fake Birkin bag. So you've blue. seen the blue Birkin the, and that it was a fake bag mm -hmm. that Pat was, Pat Field was trying to get, she was like, I got a guy I could give, I could get one for you. And Sarah Jessica Parker was like, no, thank you. So are we to believe canonically in the show that Carrie Bradshaw has a fake Birkin? Yes. Yeah. There's no fucking way that girl has a real Birkin. But it's not even her style. Another upset. gold for fun. Oh, no, you but, didn't. But that green terry cloth tube top dress that, and I makes think it's, me is that, so fucking upset. I can't. She might as well you. have been in a juicy couture sweatsuit. I would have preferred, honestly. It's my least favorite look on Carrie in the history With of the show. With the hair and the blue bag and the red heels. It's so disgusting. I have to say about her hair, it's my last note. Carrie's asymmetrical curled hair, curled hair it's like curled in two different ways. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is it's not horrible. It's not like food two ways. Like this, I don't, who did this to her? I know it's horrible. This is the, this is the short hair that I'm telling you that I fucking hate. Uh, but I've never seen it this bad where it truly was this like episode curled, was horrendous. where it was curled like regular, like just hanging out like little tendrils. Hmm. And then on the other side, it was flared, curled, flared, like flared. It was horrible. And then they kept throwing her in this like little ponytail. And um, I preferred that honestly than the curled um, wacky. I, I didn't look. like any of it. And then I thought Samantha looked crazy at brunch in a red asymmetrical top. <laughs> Honestly, Miranda might have had some of my favorite looks because she just looked comfortable. Everyone else looked nuts. Well, yeah. I mean, well, they're dressing Carrie crazy because she's pregnant. 
uh, no, they have better, her in a zip up hoodie at one point, shuffling ways, around the streets in a nightgown. Ways to dress someone also who's pregnant. What they're what they're doing to Miranda with these clothes is. So I actually thought she disgusting. looked better than Carrie this episode. In that little striped top. Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> I, I everything Carrie wore, I had to avert my eyes. Yeah, it was upsetting. Personally, my favorite look was Bunny's look. Bunny looked amazing. With her now, little bow. I, remember earlier I said everyone looked crazy. Stanford mm-hmm. looked fucking nuts. Yeah. Then it cut to Heather Graham. Everyone just looked so 2001. Go back and look at it. High-rise jeans. Tops with so many cutouts. and mm-hmm. like it was. Stanford like- has on, I'm looking at it right now, a red and white striped blazer <laughs> over the top of a blue, green, gray, and pink sweater over the top of a red pink and white checkered shirt over the top of a white tee i'm sick over this look hold on then let me pull up what heather had on when she wasn't shaking those pretzels (laughs) she's got on well nina um, katz also looks crazy nina katz web she looks like she's in a web fucking (laughs) spider-man fucking madam web get her out of there she's got a flare jean on a tube top that's got strings in the back and i think she's wearing Mm like sandals but a, yeah. a sandal heel yeah it's so deeply upsetting and they got carrie eating these cherries in some white ass fluffy nightgown it's now i so do appreciate disgusting. that that is how i roam around the house i know but if, i don't if, want that for carrie if you've ever no i actually don't mind that it's like an at-home outfit if you've ever seen me at home i've got several nightgowns i'm never not snacking <laughs> you do love a nightgown it's madness over here Oh my god! But this episode, I was like, "Woo!" Patfield took a trip of acid and said, "Let's go, girls!" Like mm-hmm. everybody's wearing something nuts this week. Mm-hmm. She had Miranda in so many patterns. <sighs> I guess I did like Samantha's um white suit, red top when with the she red went top. over with Brady. Mm-hmm. So in terms of men, we got Marcus, Stanford, Harry, Matthew, Bloom, and Steve. Yikes! This is a tough one for me. I'm gonna go with Harry. Honestly, I'm gonna go with Steve. Just I knew the, it. Just because he really did make me laugh. <laughs> he was funny. Yeah, I just bought chicken wings. Yeah, and he's bouncing that ball, and he's telling Carrie, "Don't ever get back together with Aiden." He was honestly, it was the one time he was dropped into some goddamn sense. The one and only time we'll ever see him. Yeah, because I'm thinking about what he's up to, and. Just like I guess that. They're, they're gonna have sex next week, or no? They have sex in the finale. Is next yeah, week the was... finale? No, two weeks. Oh yes, next week we're going to San Francisco, <sighs> and we're gonna see that little dog with that zip. Yeah, we're getting on the train next week. I <laughs> <laughs> kill myself. It's my least favorite episode. I do. Th- I love this episode because I. I mean, you know me. I'm never not on a train. You're always on a train, and I love a train. And I do think about it. I always think about who's getting on and who's getting me off. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um. So, what would you give this out of ten? A five. I'd give it a six. I. I. I it wasn't as good as last week, but I really like. I. I would watch this again. <laughs> so we are on the upswing. Yeah. The other thing I mentioned uh, mentioned last week that I wanted to note is is I think it's such an a great idea of the show this season to have this kind of depressed afloat Carrie who's mm-hmm. constantly lonely and depressed. 
and what she's missing is big. Mm-hmm. Like that she is that the reason she can't there's this hole in her life that she doesn't A that I don't even think hole. she but I don't even think she recognizes that that's what's missing. I know you're right. And luckily they were like, fuck it. Get him back on. Get him back here. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week when we discuss season five, episode seven, the big time. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram and obviously follow us on Patreon. Shortcomings, Patreon. Shortcomings podcast on Patreon. We are independent girls starting next week. We really love you guys. And um, just to close out, another huge thank you to her dad. Yeah. Hugs and kisses. Bye, guys. Bye. A Huda Media Production.